Hey guys, welcome back to N Studio Podcast. Today we are officially launching season three um, with your podcast director, Rachel Loya. Um, I also still have my amazing co host, Karis Franks. Um, we're both second years in the architecture program here at the University of Nebraska, and we're excited for another year of the In Studio podcast. Yep, we have a lot of exciting people coming on this year. We have a lot of new topics to bring on, and Some we are great s- guests in the works for yes, sure. Yes, for sure. And I think we're going to start off strong today with Director of Architecture, Mr. David Carley. Hey guys, how's it going? It's going pretty, pretty yeah. good. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of amazing. This has been 30 years. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> hard to believe. Yeah. I know, like, this is only our second year of it. Yeah. But I, it's kind of wild that it's been a full year. Yeah. We podcasted our way through our first year. We did. Uh, definitely <laughs> figured things out a little bit more maybe this year. So. Yeah. This is great. Thanks for doing it, though. No problem. Thanks for yeah. being on the podcast. Yeah. We appreciate it. So jumping right into it, um... Give us a little bit of insight of like what's new with like our faculty and like maybe some like building updates on how that renovation is going. Sure. So, um, you know, our faculty are constantly doing work and we've got several faculty who've done some amazing things over the summer. Um, So to start off, Zach Porter uh, received a jury citation for the Ken Roberts Memorial Delineation Competition, which is a representation. Um, kind of accolade for Zach, so that's really cool for him. Uh, David Newton has done several things over the summer, including uh, co-authoring a uh, NSF grant um, with a multi-university partnership, um, as well as presenting a conference paper, um, publishing a journal, and publishing a book chapter. So David was very <laughs> He busy. had a busy summer, yeah. Um, and then Ramiko Honda, as well, also was one of seven panelists for a critical conversation series at Princeton. Um, Jeff Day had his mobile, um, excuse me, I'm going to get the term right, uh, Omaha Mobile Stage um, that was mm-hmm. deployed over the summer and kind of toured several locations in Omaha to great success, um, as well as uh, Jason Griffiths did a um, exhibition which is currently opening and it will open this Friday, um, August 19th, I know this podcast might I believe this one's coming out on the 24th. 24th, yeah. This one should be released on the 24th. So Jason is doing good work as well. Um, In addition to that, um, you may have seen that we have um, two uh, grants from Sand Creek Post and Beam, which Jason Griffiths and Jeff Day both received um, a design fabrication uh, research grant over the summer, and they were executing that. And... um, the next one is that we have one from the Nebraska Masonry Alliance. And so David Newton received a small grant to work on um, a project that he's interested in related to masonry construction. So our faculty are super busy doing a lot of uh, really amazing work um, out there in the community. And so we're, we're really proud of them. And then uh, I think your second question was about the building renovation. So <laughs> you guys return to school, you'll notice um, a lot of differences, um, a lot of improvements from the handrails and the link to the renovated uh, library. I think um, we even saw those handrails yeah. on the way in there. 
under under construction, but yep, yeah, so. that's good to see that they're doing some updates. <laughs> yeah, so that every little part helps, and um, I think we, it's been a long process, and um, this phase, which is phase one, I think maybe we talked about this a year ago now, um, phase one will be complete um, within the next several days, and so there'll be some lingering things that happen, but for the most part, um, the library will be complete, um, that gets changed into studios, Many um, undergraduate studios will be in those spaces, um, so that's really exciting for them. And then the what was old room 137 and 139, I mm -hmm. think, those will be turned into a small uh, learning space with a small set of uh, volumes of books. So nice. those are two spaces that we're really proud of and really happy with, and that's just phase one. Um, if you guys have heard, there's a second phase coming, mm -hmm. um, and the second phase is um, going to be put on the north side of the building, mm -hmm. and that is um, in active process now to design and development, and then that will be executed over the next several months, and then will be um, effectively moved and ready for August 2023. Okay, so this time next year, we can expect to maybe hear an update on the podcast who yeah. knows yeah, um stay tuned we will update you from the new studio space yeah that's good to hear that the other one is finishing up i know like as we were coming in there's definitely a lot of like construction happening in the main areas of the building is that something that we should expect to like sort of have around as we're coming back into class or is that going to all be kind of wrapped up by the time students get here so i think there'll be some lingering things and I think that's okay, right? Yeah. So we're in a school yeah. of architecture, we are designing and building things. Right. So over the summer, we've seen many contractors and subcontractors in the building. So it's a learning opportunity for students. So for sure. Yes, they'll be doing small paint jobs and small electrical work over here, but for the most part, um, everything is complete, everything is ready to be occupied. They're just some small touch-ups. So um, think of it as an opportunity to, to learn from yeah, the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is pretty cool. We get to yeah. see sort of the kind of be immersed in like that process and kind of see sure. it evolve through. Yeah. So kind of touching back on um, the faculty, um, what can we expect about having a new dean and like kind of touching on like what that process sort of is and what that means for the college? Yeah. So a dean uh, of any school, but particularly a college of architecture, is has wears multiple hats. Right? Mm -hmm. So they're the face uh, to the community, uh, they're the face to our donors and our alumni, but they're also the leader to the faculty, staff, and students. So um, they wear multiple hats in multiple different scenarios, but truly they are a leader. And I think we've had several strong leaders um, of our college over the last many years, starting with Cecil Stewart, um, and then going to Wayne Drummond, and then Kathy Ankerson as being our kind of core, three core permanent deans all of which did amazing jobs. And um, we were sad to leave Kathy, to have Kathy mm -hmm. leave us and have her go to the EVC office, but um, we're really proud of her and really happy for her in that new position. Um, it's my understanding that the, the currently the call is out uh, for a new dean, which is public. It's been released to people who are interested and we're getting um, some feedback. And I believe at the end of August is when the final um, applications are due. And part of that process, we have an interdisciplinary uh, search committee, which is made up of um, faculty, staff from across the college. And they will review those uh, candidates and then 
essentially shortlist them and bring them onto on-campus interviews. So we're not sure of a timeline exactly, but we're looking at sometime in the fall semester, we'll bring three candidates to the college, and then we will um, interview them. We'll have opportunities to engage with students, faculty, and staff. We'll give a public presentation about their work and their leadership. And then the goal is um, to have them start um, early spring semester if it um, aligns with their current duties. So let's say a student an individual is going from another university, they might not be able to come in January, but that is the goal right now. So we're really excited about the process. It's a, it's a change, but it's always an exciting change. Um, yeah. Yeah. What do is you there think any, about it? I and, think that's exciting. I was wondering, um, as you're talking about it, is like when you're, as you're looking for a dean, are, is that usually a position where someone like has experience in architecture or is that you know experience in being a dean like what is sort of the experience that you look for in a dean yeah so there's many things that we, we look for one of which um, so you said architecture so we're the college of architecture so we have four disciplines so right so any one of those three disciplines could be an eligible candidate for our dean position um, and so that's part one of this Part two is we want to balance um, their, you know, uh, their understanding of the position, but also um, accomplishments that they've had in their current position. So that could be leadership roles, that could be advocating for certain students or certain programs that they've initiated. So we really look for candidates who can, um, of course, be a leader, of course, manage, which is typical but then also be able to articulate initiatives that have bettered their current position. So I've, if they found a need in their current position that they've advocated to start a new initiative. Um, and so we have a very strong strategic plan that the college has been uh, working on and has had for several uh, years now that Kathy Ankerson put in place. So we have a foundation for uh, change and for improvement and so with a new dean coming in, they would assess that strategic plan and then reconsider uh, you know, their, own, their own path forward, using that as a foundation. So um, it doesn't necessarily uh, have to be architecture, I guess we're back right. to your first mm -hmm. point. Um, but we're really looking for the best candidate that can uh, you know, capture the ethos of our college. And I think you guys could attest to this coming out of D1, that we really are a community of disciplines mm -hmm. and so we would expect the dean to also respect that and honor that and look for other synergies between the disciplines and the disciplines and the profession yeah 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 that makes a lot of sense and i think that's cool like looking for sort of more unity among all the disciplines because i know right. like obviously with the d1 year we're all together we're all in the same space but i yeah. feel like after that, it's cool to look for opportunities to like collaborate and yeah. that since we kind of split off. More. Yeah, we split off and then we don't see them again until like fourth year. So <laughs> yeah. um, as for who assesses um, the candidates, what does that panel sort of look like? Like what um, what people compose that panel? Yeah, so this has um, been released. It's public. I think it was in the Lincoln Journal Star. I think the college released who the committee is. Um, I think it's, um, it's quite large to some extent because it includes staff, faculty, um, as well as students, as well as professionals. So it's not a small group. I think it's somewhere between 8 and 12. 
um, ballpark. And, um, you know, if, I don't remember all the names. Stephanie's <laughs> on it. There's student representatives. Bruce Carpenter from HDR is on it. Um, Sarah Carly's on it. Lindsay Ball. So there's several people. Peter Oshasky, Rumiko Honda. I think you knew Nam is on it. So a cross-section of different individuals. David Newton as well. So, um, again, I can't. Yeah. For everyone, but um, but the goal there is to going back to your point earlier in our conversation. It's really about getting um, everyone's input from students to professionals about what they see as the appropriate next leader for our college, and I think they are effectively our liaison in the process. So if you guys have input, um, we should identify who is the student member, and you guys should um, be passing your thoughts, your reflections, um, onto that student member, and that student member could then translate that to the committee. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So it really is an open process, and I hope um, everyone will engage it um, as much as they can by attending those presentations and providing feedback. Yeah, that's cool to hear that there's, like, student members on there, too, Great. and a lot of student engagement. Um, I know you earlier, when you were talking about, like, what the dean kind of would do, you mentioned sort of, like, a strategic plan of, like, the direction of the college. Is there anything more you could tell us about, like, any new initiatives or new directions that the college is taking kind of in reference to that? Yeah, well the, you know, the strategic plan is robust and um, includes three primary factors. Let me just see if I can pull them up. I should have this at the tip of my tongue, um, but give me one <laughs> That second. is all right. Coming back from the summer, I'm definitely having to pull back yeah. the, the podcast back information. Yep. Yeah, right? Coming back slowly. Um, so we did this, I think, in at 2019 to 2020. So this is now just a few years old. Um, for us, it's called the 2025 Strategic Plan. It's really um, allowed us to recraft our mission statement, which is on the website, our culture, and our values. Those are the three initial tiers. Um, our values include demanding excellence, being courageous, practicing empathy, looking beyond, and inspiring impact. So those words will resonate with everyone in a little bit different way. Um, but there are really three primary categories. One is connections and collaboration. So how can we connect with the public to um, nonprofit agencies, as well as other institutions? So this might be other schools, it would be community colleges. How can we connect to the outside and grow those collaborations? Um, as well as international connections. And so we see a little bit of this. We're rebounding from COVID. We're going back out. We have Barcelona, China. Um, we we kind of gaining a footing in London as well. So part of that is stretching ourselves. The other, I'm just going to name two more, is culture and environment. So culture and environment means that, yes, we're respecting everyone, but we're um, being aware and conscientious of best practices when it comes to design studio, being healthy and eating healthy and having expectations for work-life balance. So all of these things are really about emphasizing student wellness as well. So that's a primary thing that we came out of. Um, and now 2019, and we're revisiting some of these more holistically because you guys are in the building and we want to make sure um, that we, we set up that culture appropriately. Um, and then we're also really interested in re recruiting, enrolling, and retaining uh, diverse populations. So it's one thing that we have had significant um, kind of emphasis and uh, acknowledgement put into something as simple as scholarships for incoming students. 
So we have multiple scholarships that have been, um, new scholarships that have been indicated for first-gen or underrepresented populations. We're really, really proud of that. That was a goal that we set, and now we're able to, um, you know, uh, provide that opportunity for those students as well. The last part of this three-part thing, uh, this three-part scenario is innovation and impact. How can we continue to innovate in our courses, innovate in our um, in our studios, as well as innovate in our partnerships to have an impact? Um, and so, by having an impact, you know that it's resonating with someone. Right? You can work in a design studio, you can work on a theoretical paper, but if it doesn't really disseminate itself, it might not have an impact. Yeah. And so we kind of talk about those three peers and then try to have, ultimately have an impact um, in the way that we work. That's really cool. Yeah. Now, kind of jumping off of like the, you talked about the culture, and I think that's really cool that that's one of your main focuses is like making the culture here like really good for the students, something that they can actually like really thrive in. Um, one of the questions that was brought up kind of in relation to that and also in relation to the renovation was um, I think in one of the, the meetings that we had on the renovation that was open to students, we talked about how um, with the renovations, they're getting rid of some of like the lockers and the storage space in the building. And it was expressed a lot of concerns um, from students that without that like storage space or the lockers in a place that they could like securely store their projects and stuff, that there were concerns about like projects being stolen or um, other concerns just about like general safety of the building for like the projects and for the students. And I was just wondering, like, obviously, um, in the building physically, there's not much we can do um, to just like create extra space. <laughs> We've only got as much as we have, so right. I know there's definitely limitations there. But um, what what would you say? Like, is there anything you think we can do as students or just as um, members of the college to kind of like promote an atmosphere where that's um, less of a concern or no longer a concern? Yeah, I mean, this is. Uh something that I think we can look, we can talk about in many ways, right? So we can talk about it in the ways of the college is a family. The college should respect each other and their space and the materials. Um, and I hope that we're growing that culture to for respect um, so that we wouldn't do things that are hurtful or detrimental to each other. I know this happens, um, but I would have a call to everyone to be kind and respectful to everyone's space and their content, number one. Um, number two, you know, I think we can always um, find innovative ways of utilizing the space. So we're in a space right now that has shelving in it, but there's not much on the shelving. So um, there's ways to think about how can we utilize uh, the resources that we have. And it might be something as simple as a pin board, and you can make a shelving unit out of uh, very simply, not by using screws or nails, but using push pins and foam core to put a model on a, on a wall in your studio space that would uh, have a little bit of storage when I know you guys are really pressed for the, your desk space. That's a very precious space for you. Um, that's where you sketch, but also where you have your computer. And so it's really an active space. You don't have a lot of space to store your iterative models all the time. So. Being smart and innovative um, with the way that you you uh, kind of preserve them, right? For lack of a better word, whether that's taking photographs of them and then printing them on boards, um, whether that's um, utilizing them in a specific way, um, 
And again, I, I like the idea of photographs as a way of documenting your work, mm -hmm. but also the way of putting the viewer into the perspective of the model. So many of the models you guys have, you want to hold up to your eye and understand lines of sight or access in corridors. Could you take a photograph that replicates that? And so um, it might not be so much about saving every model as saving the important ones and yeah. documenting the ones that you could you could present in another way. Yeah, I know I definitely have a dedicated bag of like models that have been in my room for far too long that I'm like, I need to throw these out, but <laughs> I haven't haven't quite had the heart to do it. Yeah. I'm like, I put work into these. It's a little heartbreaking. It is a little like, sad. Oh, I'm like, well, I put all this time into it. I know but... the hours I put into it, but at the same time, I don't have room for all of we them. We gotta make room for the next gotta one. Gotta clear them so. out. <laughs> so I definitely understand that. I know, um, I think, I remember hearing, I'm not sure I've ever used it, um, to be honest, but I remember hearing that we have like a dedicated photo space here in the college. Is that something that's going to be sticking around with the new renovations? Yeah, I believe it's going to be um, in another capacity and it might be a dual purpose room. Okay. To my understanding, yes, we'll have a, a dedicated space for that. And um, that's a great example. I've taken photographs in my apartment and my room and, and other things that um, if you have the lighting and the scene yeah. right, I think you could do it in many ways. Um, but no, that's, that's another way to do it. And I think um, it is hard to give away your models. I remember keeping my models for several years after school as well. And then, um, you know, eventually you've got to let go. Yeah. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. You can move on. Um, but yeah, it's hard. And I think what you're indicating by saving those is you, you value not just the model, but the time you put into it, as you said. And also, I think, to some extent, in my case as well, the experience you had on the project. Mm -hmm. Right. If it's a very successful project, you feel proud, you feel excited about that work. Um, and oftentimes, um, they are like little mini jewels or like a little yeah. archive. They're, they're artifacts of the experience you had. So I very much value um, the physical making side of it. I hope as we return more fully um, to in-person, even a year ago, we were kind of together, but in masks, right? Mm -hmm. We reflect back. Um, some some people were still doing hybrid or remote work. Right. As we continue to get back in person, I hope that we can continue to have a strong culture of making. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be big making. And I, I say that just to counter, um, <laughs> you know, scale, cost, and things like this. But also to understand that we do have big making, and that is design build, one to one prototyping that's going on. But each level of the year. They need to understand what making means to them in their studio. Mm -hmm. So a two-year, a second-year studio might be different forms of making than a third-year studio, which is different than a design-build studio. So I think that's one thing the faculty are advocating for as we come back in person is to really invest in, not financially, but invest in a uh, return to physical making. Yeah. And I think you guys are talking about that when yeah. you're talking about physical models as artifacts of your experience, of ways of thinking. Um, these are all really, really powerful tools to kind of get you out of the computer. Mm -hmm. I, I think we rely on the computer a lot. <laughs> yep. yeah. But the physical making, being together, is another form of that. So we're in a room together, we're, we're being, uh, you know, seeing each other. It's about being in the physical space. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes, um, you guys know this, the computer is great. 
there's also limitations. Yeah. Yep. And it's definitely like a nice, I think sometimes it's nice to have a break from that. It kind yeah. of like definitely different strengths for each one. Yeah. Kind so. of what you said about like seeing, like being able to like hold the models, yeah. see the angles, like you yeah. get that in your computer, but it's not the same when you're like in person. It's a little different. You can play with the light a lot easier. I know in mm-hmm. Rhino, I'm terrible at rendering the oh, light. The lighting it's, is, it's that was not rough. good. It'll be like the middle of the day in like Tokyo. And I'm like, that's not the light I need. <laughs> that's not what we need. <laughs> quick sidebar on that this is kind of related to your (laughs) point about lighting and we talked about it earlier with kind of the photography and this photography space this goes out to all of the first year students if you need to take nice photos of your models don't take them in your dorm room (laughs) don't do it don't do it i definitely have had times where i've had a photo like a drawing a project here in our call and been like, oh, it's okay. I'll take a photo of it when I get back. Don't do that. The lighting in dorm rooms is usually pretty bad, especially if it's like late at night. There will be there will be those times, and all the lamps you have will <laughs> a not couple be extra hands. I, maybe like the edge of your bed to like strap yeah, them oh, onto. Yeah, I definitely have like my roommate has walked in on me like taking my desk lamp off of my desk and holding it at the right <laughs> angle over a project to get to try and get right lighting at like midnight. So if at all possible, if you get the chance, try to find a good spot with some natural light. Go outside. Go outside. It's nice to be outside. Good, there are some good so, sunny spots in our call. If take you advantage can find of them. the fall weather for sure. Mm-hmm. So if at all possible, <laughs> the lighting does matter and Midnight dorm lighting is not it. No. Your project will look better <laughs> outside of that. All right, that's just a sidebar. <laughs> we can get back to the questions now. I'll, I'll build on that because it's, I will, um, not a challenge, but a kind of request if you guys think that there are things that could help other students, right? You guys are experienced, you've done this before, you're kind of giving a little bit of a sidebar shout out don't mm-hmm. do this warning um could a, a student organization do a how-to um model photo exercise or that would be really cool mr carly you are giving us so many ideas oh, yeah i know but i don't want to overwhelm everybody with um, no that's all right it's funny we you say that because we um next week fun fact plug um <laughs> We are having a first-year exclusive episode, so it's like all the what to do, what not to do's about every class, little rundowns, like small tips and tricks that we learned to pass on, and UNLAIS let us make a TikTok, so (laughs) we haven't posted yet. It's but coming. there'll be a lot of like small videos on there and like other how to's yeah. and like small things that we keep learning. And I think anything, if there's something you guys are dying to know, <laughs> let us know. We might we might not even know how to do it, but we know. <laughs> we can people learn we together. Can ask. Yeah. <laughs> we, so if there's something that you're like, oh, I've always wondered how to take better model photos, for example, or how to do this particular technique. Let us know, and we will see what we can do. We will to pull a send TikTok out together. Some little <laughs> little videos to maybe help out with that. Also, she says first year exclusive. If you're not a first year and you're listening, you can you're still listen to, to it. listen to the podcast. Yeah, we won't. Stop we're not. You. Yeah, we're not going to stop. Is it targeted you? for first years? Yes, yes. but we're not going to get mad at you if you <laughs> listen to it and you're not a first year. Feel free. 
right. This, this is a great conversation because I think what it does is it comes back to some of the things we were talking about, culture, environment, um, sharing resources, being a community. These are things that I think oftentimes students in years think that they're, you know, they only can associate with that year. And I think what you guys are opening up in your, your TikTok, but also your uh, recommendation or your offering to do a kind of tutorial is you're bridging those years. And I think that's really, really important in the College of Architecture because you guys can remember your experience last year as freshmen and now you're going to the second year. Mm -hmm. So you guys have learned a lot. You guys have grown and mature. You guys have great reflections on do you think and do you make. Um, and I'm sure the fourth year students have their own reflections on that as well. Right. So the ability for you guys to share and um, prop each other up is really, really important. Mm -hmm. And I think the more that we can do that, the more that we'll grow um, both in your skills, but also in just respecting each other, going all the way back to this idea of storage and materiality. Um, it will, um, you know, just strengthen who we are as a group. And I think we're such a small college that we need to continue to build that in our, in our students and our faculty as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Um, so touching back, um, taking a little say, little turn. This is turn. the podcast in a little direction. Yeah, but um, obviously faculty, students, we're all constantly working. We invest a lot of time in our projects and faculty and students and making sure that they have the resources they need and kind of making sure that things are getting done. But obviously the College of Architecture is known for pulling a lot of all-nighters and not getting a lot of sleep. So a very common thing that you will see in like the barn in the attic is coffee makers, which in turn brings me to my next question. What is your go-to coffee order and from where? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so you guys are going to hate me. Okay. <laughs> and I, I haven't, well. Or caffeine. Anything that's okay. caffeinated, okay. we'll caffeine. take anything. It doesn't have to be coffee. Okay. Yeah. I do not drink coffee. Okay. I've never drank coffee. You've um, never tried it? I maybe a couple sips. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Bombing weird. No, that's fair. That's um, fair. It's not for everyone. Yeah. So that's out there now for the whole <laughs> Yeah, you know, mine just an iced tea is typically what I have in the morning. Where do you get your iced teas? I did see you walk in with yeah. the iced tea. Um, What's your source? The coffee house. Oh, uh, there we go. Yeah. 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 Definitely, yeah, definitely really a good do. place to I'm go. Not picky on my yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a good choice. Kind of surprising though, because you would think that the director of architecture would absolutely just love their morning coffee. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like that's a stereotype that like there's definitely some that are they're false, but I feel like that one is yeah pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. falling outside I'll there. to it. <laughs> I we work. I work stereotype. in a coffee shop, so uh, I am the stereotype. <laughs> What about well, you guys? What are your go-tos? Oh, man. I... Spot here. Any I'm sort of to. latte from, like, the mill or, oh, like, coffee house, 100%. I agree. I think it depends on what I'm looking for. Like, if it's, if it's a desperate situation, <laughs> I say desperate as in, like, I need to be up for at least another four hours and I am completely dead. Coffee is not where I go. Like, the energy drinks from the vending machine will be there for me. Um, I try not to do that too often just because I know that's... I, I want the caffeine to still work. Um, don't want it to wear off. To wear off. But I think coffee, I would also just go with, like, um, a nice, like, iced latte. Yes, 100%. Yeah, 
Can I, can I say something about the all-nighters? I can't let it slide. Go for um, it. You know, I think I talked a little bit about this with culture and environment, but, um, you know, I think as we've gone over the last couple of years, I think an understanding about mental health and uh, wellness in our students is really, really important. So I know that we're trying to break down the stigma of all-nighters, mm -hmm. that faculty are trying to do their best to, um, you know, provide appropriate assignments between mm -hmm. Monday, Wednesday, mm -hmm. Friday studio. So I would just advocate for those listening, um, if you are <laughs> yeah. in a situation where you are contemplating pulling an all-nighter, don't, do it. don't, don't do, do it, don't do it, number no. one. <laughs> then go to your faculty the next day and say, or the next class period and say, I was almost going to pull an all-nighter, but I was having problems with this X. Yeah. And talk to your faculty member about what you're struggling with, because a lot of the times when students are staying up that late, they're not, um, they don't have strong energy, they're not thinking 100% clearly, and they oftentimes spin their wheels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. there becomes a culture of being in the building, which I'm totally for, but there also needs to be a point at which, yeah. um, you know, you really, um, you know, cut it off. And yeah. one of the students that we had graduating in their fourth year, now this was several years ago, I think now she's at UT Austin or may have graduated. She said that she treated her undergraduate degree like a job. Mm -hmm. And so, which means that she came into the building at 8 a.m. and she left at 5 p.m. That's pretty impressive. Did it like a job, yeah. like a real job. And then she did her extracurriculars after, right. after she ate. So she went to the gym, she hung out with friends. But when it was during the workday, quote unquote, she was really working on her work. And yeah. her work at the time was her schoolwork. So, I just wanted to say I couldn't leave without I think so far, obviously I've only been through one year, so right. there is a lot more to go for sure. But so far in my experience I haven't I haven't pulled an all nighter yet. No, nope, me. Neither. I think the latest I've been up is maybe one one time. Yep. And I probably would not do it again. I did not get it much was done. Not it. Um I don't didn't really like what I did get done, so I think generally I would cut myself off at midnight if it's not done. It's just, just go to bed. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> just go to bed. Faculty is really good at understanding yeah. that it's obviously a lot of work, yeah. but they want you to do your best. So it's like you yeah. might as well go to bed and wake up in the morning, fresh mind, just go back at it yeah. instead of just powering through. Yeah. Like four the hours next, of the just next not day after that, it's gonna you're gonna be kind of dead. It's dreadful. You will not feel good. The productivity no. there will not be happening. The so coffee think, will not will not work. There comes a point. There comes a point where even the ice latte won't do it. Yeah. Um, kind of going off the ice latte. This is going to be one of our final questions. We like to throw some fun ones in there too. Um, we've already talked about like go-to drinks, but we have to address the alcohol snack situation. Um, We've asked a lot of guests this, so we want to open it's it up to everyone. It's a two-part question. First two of all, question. if you personally are in, in the studio, you're hungry, you're pulling late night, what is your go-to snack? And then part two of that is, have you tried the vending machine sandwiches? And if so, what are your thoughts on them? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so if I'm up late, I was usually a salt person, so I would have a lot of salt. So like pretzels mm -hmm. or crackers, um, 
That was my kind of go-to thing. I think I that's think. a theme on the podcast. Yeah. Goldfish is a really popular yeah. one. Cheez-Its are cheez-its. big. Cheez-Its yeah. are yeah. yeah, I like those a lot. Not um, goldfish. I'm trying to think, if I get a snack from the vending, I'm going to answer that, I'm going to wait for the sandwich. Okay. <laughs> if I get a snack from the vending, it's usually, um, what's that, like trail mix? Oh, trail yeah. Mix, like oh mix, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Chex Mix. Yeah, yes. like that's good salty, stuff. salty, kind of garlicky thing, that's what I get. Um, so for the sandwiches, no, I have not tried. <laughs> okay. Officially, I have not tried the sandwiches. Um, I haven't crossed that bridge. I've not been desperate enough. <laughs> no, no. Have we have asked all our guests, and we get a lot of responses Mixed from like reviews. the grad students and like the upper years. It's like it's a desperate thing, and yeah. I've heard that with sauces they taste okay. <laughs> so- if you drown the flavor, yeah. you might be able to get it down. Right. So. Oh. I guess if you're desperate, it's there. Shout out to Paul for saying they're actually good. So, so not dissing on I you, say, but just putting that out there. There have been there have been good reviews of the sandwiches. So I guess that's something that everyone needs to try for themselves. Yeah, maybe not we'll really make a TikTok where we try them, and we'll see. Not really against it either. See, I'm that's just up guys to you. Are gonna do like advocating for healthier food. You guys See, grown out of- we are advocating for healthier yeah. food. We do yeah. we do advocate for that, but it is just interesting to see it is. what the thoughts are on sandwiches that come out of a vending machine. Yeah. Well, I think that that's pretty much wrapping it up. Um, we always like to ask our guests if they have like a piece of advice they'd like to share, um, maybe for our incoming students that are new this year or just in general. Yeah, of course. Um, the two things, I might say two. One, just have fun. Right? We're in a college of architecture, we're doing design, we're making things that are both experimental. Yes, you're taking risks. It's okay to fail when you're taking risks. So just have fun, you know, first thing. Um, and then the second thing would be to ask questions, right? As incoming freshmen or even sophomores, you guys don't quite know everything. So whether it's shooting photos of models or doing a rendering or setting your lighting right in the rendering. <laughs> um, to just ask questions. I think you'd say a lot of um, effort and in the culture of, you know, in your community, you're gonna grow your connections. You're gonna find new friendships. Um, and that's that helps everyone pick all the record. So have fun, ask questions, and I hope everyone has a great semester. Yeah, we do too. Um, obviously, best ask questions. Of luck to yeah, everybody. best of luck to everyone. New students, returning students, whoever else is listening out there. If you found us and you're not here, good for you. <laughs> yeah, one more thing too is that we have the ice cream social. So I think when yes. this is going to air um, Wednesday during the first week of classes, um, after design studio in the afternoon, we're going to have the ice cream social out in the arts quad, I believe. But there'll be signs up around the building, so check out the um, Ice Cream Social and all of the student organizations will be out there with their desks, and you can go and sign up for a student organization. One last thing, when I do my (laughs) high school um, campus day pitches to high school students and their families, and some of you may have heard me say this before if you've been on a tour, um, the one thing we hear from graduating seniors is they wish they would have joined a student organization sooner. So we highly recommend this for sophomores, freshmen and sophomore students to join a group. So that's my last plug. 
Um, Plug to AIA. Yes. That's how we got this podcast. I joined so. a student organization at the Ice Cream Social last yep. year, and uh, we Here have a podcast are. now. Yeah. So it's it a lot of fun. Works. Um, will say if you do show up to the Ice Cream Social, there is a chance to get free stickers. They're pretty cool. I know cool. that's a big motivator for some people. Yeah. Um, they will look cool on your laptop, your yeah. water bottle. New and so studio podcast sticker a, that came out today. Reason, there's so, your reason. <laughs> yeah. So well, pick up your stickers, um, join some organizations, get some ice cream, meet the faculty. If I think a lot of the groups that are there are very good at having a strong network. So if you have questions, if you mm-hmm. have concerns, they're a really good resource to have. So even if you don't join them, like just knowing that they're there is yeah. a really good way to have a sort of out in case you need resources or yeah. certain like links to things. Just so a great place to get definitely, connections. Yeah, definitely check those out. But I think this will conclude the very first episode of season three. We will see you next week again on the N-Studio podcast with our special first year episode. So stay tuned for that and have a great rest of your week. See you guys.